There's mummies and dummies and ghosts that bark. There's goblins and ghoulies that wait in the dark. If you wish to wet your pants with fright, listen to Gatsy on Goosebumps tonight. I'm gonna come. Welcome back to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the only podcast in which I read and review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series, but we're doing something a bit different today. This is the first of a very special series of episodes in which I give you Goosebumps. That's right, it's Gatsy on Goosebumps, give yourself Gatsy. <laughs> and I'm joined by two very special friends of mine, uh, Katie and Liam. How are you guys? Good. Fantastic. I feel honoured that this is the first one. I know, look, Me it's too. an experimental, so depending on how well it, this may go off the rails and we'll never hear mm. of it again. This interview may never hear the light of day. We'll see how we go. I sure hope it does. Thanks, Liam. <laughs> so I should, at, this, at this stage, I should say it's mostly going to be Katie um, providing the answers. Oh. So I don't know. Um, if you want to let yourself out and go for a I'll job lie. or something. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> now, y- y- did you ever read any Goosebumps books, Katie? I didn't. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Look, hey, I'm honoured. To be your first. Mm. And also to give you your first Goosebumps book. <laughs> so we are going to be, well, I will be reading to you. Give yourself Goosebumps, number one, Escape from the Carnival of Horrors. Aleem, if you want to just tell the, the audience at home, what do we got in the front cover here, this holographic cover? This is, um, well, it looks to be a giant alien alligator escaping from what looks to be a zoo. Would you think? Do you think you'd be enticed to pick up this one? I would be scared initially. Yeah, it's but not then intrigued. It's not. I guess it's not quite supernatural, is it? It's pretty. Much, no. It could just be like an alligator or something. Yeah. Katie, would you be able to read the blurb for us in a big, loud voice? Okay. Take a ride if you dare. Mm-hmm. Late one night, you and your friends visit the old fairgrounds. They're putting up rides and booths for the annual carnival. But this year, things look really different, really odd, really scary. The place is lit up by a hundred, I was going to say fairy, but it's fiery torches. (laughs) Specifically 100. (laughs) They they counted them. them. And spooky music is coming from the main tent. Then you meet Big Al, the creepy (laughs) manager. Invited you in to test some of the the rides. Will you brave the terrifying supersonic space coaster? Risk the horrors of the reptile petting zoo? Slice through the oily waters of Booga Bag? Hmm. Or confront the evil snake lady? The choice is yours in this scary goosebumps adventure that's packed with over twenty super spooky endings. Is the snake lady the one on the cover? As soon as she said snake lady, I thought <laughs> Liam and I both had something. I'm glad you jumped in because I was going to be, oh, I didn't know my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <made it. laughs> no, I hope she's well. I hope she's well. Oh, thank you so much for that, Katie. So I think what we'll do is we've got over 20 scary, different scary endings. Some of the endings are positive. Some of the endings are negative. Your job will be to try and get yourself a positive ending. Positive. Okay. And uh, let's, uh, let's get cracking. <clears throat> what do you want to do? I don't know, Patty. What do you want to do? Not fair, Brad. I asked you first. Patty and Brad. You're two best friends. Arguing. As usual. We've all got friends like that, don't we? <laughs> it's the last week of August, and Patty and Brad haven't stopped fighting since your summer vacation started. Patty likes to be bossy. 
You don't mind though. I don't mind either when, uh, when they're a bit more. I'll keep reading. It's no big deal. It's hard to win a fight with her anyway. You don't even know why Brad tries. You guess it's because he doesn't want to look like a wimp in front of a girl. Gendered language there. There's nothing to do. I guess I'll just go home, Brad says. He shoves his hands in his pockets. Then his shoulders slump and he sort of shrivels up. Not touching that one. <laughs> you guess Brad is kind of a wimp, even if he is your best friend. He's so boring, Brad, Patty complains. Whenever Patty complains, her freckles really pop out. Now there are about a million of them spread across her face. Hey, I know what we should do. Patty suddenly bursts out. Go to page two. So we've got about three pages before we get to our first choice. So bear with me. <laughs> Just enjoy this part. Let's bike over to Bennett's field and watch them set up the carnival. I don't know, you answer. It's getting dark. And mum said I have to be in by nine. It's only a quick bike ride, Brad said. Are you some kind of wimp? Brad, calling you a wimp? You can't believe it. Okay, okay, you agree. But if it's as bad as last year, there won't be much to see. Don't you remember the main attraction? You remind them. The ride they called Terror Track? It turned out to be a baby choo-choo train that circled around and around. Doesn't matter what you say. Patty's made up her mind. You're going to ride over to the carnival. A hot, humid breeze blows in your face as you pedal along. Patty's in the lead, no surprise. And Brad's puffing behind you. It's dark by the time you reach Bennett's Field. You and your friends drop your bikes in the grass and race across the moonlit field toward the huge wooden fence that surrounds the carnival. As you reach the carnival entrance, you hear music coming from inside. Not the usual corny organ stuff they always play, but some really strange music. It sounds familiar. And totally new at the same time. Brad stretches his neck to try and peer over the fence, but no luck. The fence is way too high. Paddy jiggles the padlock on the door. It's sealed shut. I guess I'll have to wait until tomorrow night when the carnival opens. No way, Paddy says. Let's climb the fence. Now. Are you crazy, Brad says. We'll get caught. Come on, there's probably no one in there, Paddy replies. Your friends turn to you to cast the deciding vote. You glance at your watch. It's almost 9pm. If you're going to get home in time, you should start back now. What are you going to do? Katie, mm -hmm. do you decide to go home or do you decide to climb the fence to get inside? I'm going to climb the fence to get inside. Let's do what you say to your friends. Let's climb the fence. Patty is halfway up before you finish speaking. You let Brad go next. You're last. You make it to the top, swing your legs over and tumble down. You land in the grass. You're inside. You and your friends gaze around. It's pretty dark. The only light comes from torches. A hundred of them. hundred of them specifically. <laughs> At first, the carnival ride looks the same as it always does. Dinky rides, hot dog wagons, then the lights start to flicker out. On. They, that's the opposite. They start to flicker <laughs> on in every corner of the field. The rides start to move. It's as if the whole place is magically coming to life. Hey, look at the giant roller coaster, you exclaim, pointing up ahead. They never had a roller coaster before. Yeah, Brad agrees. And the whole place is a lot bigger than last year. This is awesome, Patty says, as she sprints towards the rides. You and Brad take off after Patty. You all stop in front of the roller coaster. Mm. Wow, Patty says as she gazes up at it. It's like a rocket to outer space. Beyond the roller coaster, you spy a castle surrounded by a moat and a spooky-looking haunted house atop a hill. These are the coolest rides I've ever seen, you say. They still have that dumb choo-choo train over there, you point out. But we could ride this stuff all night and never go near it. Patty grabs your arm and tugs you over to the other side of the carnival. To the midway. Brad races after you. Hey, where are all those dinky wooden booths from last year? You ask as you gawk at the amazing games of chance. They're gone. And in their place are giant video games and huge spinning wheels studded with hundreds of blinking coloured lights. Get a load of that, Brad suddenly cries out. 
You and Patty spin around. You can't believe what you see. You're staring at a sign that reads World's Freakiest Freak Show. The three of you gape at the pictures. At the pictures. <laughs> there, there's the three-headed man with the ugliest collection of faces you've ever seen and the snake lady. And here we go. Here we go. A young blonde girl with a beautiful face and the body of a slithering snake. Yeah, heart oh. to match. Oh. This is, uh, uh, you start to say, but you don't finish because a large hand comes down on your shoulder. Hard. You slowly turn and gaze up at a huge man <laughs> with shoulders wider than a refrigerator. That's a large man. <laughs> that, uh, That's also a very general size for a refrigerator. This was back when refrigerators were standardized, so you could judge true, a, man's, a man's width by, um, no, by refrigerator. You'd say, oh, he's one and a half fridges. <laughs> and you would know what that meant. And you'd, yeah, you'd oh, know yeah. what that meant. Okay, my bad, sorry. Oh, that's why, you know, the insult would be, oh, he's a half fridge man. Exactly. And <laughs> He has coal black eyes with a thick mustache to match. He looks strong enough and mean enough to pitch you over the fence with one hand. Ever been pitched over a fence? How before? big is this fence? They had to climb over it. They couldn't see the roller coaster until they were inside. So it's a small roller coaster? Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah. That is very, very true. You would have been able to see it. From Even, I presume, it was some sort of metal fence. You would have been able to see through yeah. it, you'd think. Maybe if it anyway. goes up to space. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty big. Well, look. It, it doesn't it, sound like any ordinary carnival, though. It's, <laughs> it's possible the guy who wrote Escape from the Carnival of Horrors wasn't that interested in scientific accuracy. True. Mm. Anyway, but we'll see. What are you... Mm, what are you doing? Mm, yeah, we'll go with that. What are you doing? His deep voice booms. You're not allowed in here, he says, pointing directly at up. you. We're sorry, you say, hoping you appear sorry and not just scared. We wanted to look around. That's all. But we'll leave. Right now. His eyes stare into yours. He clamps both hands down on your shoulders and says, You're not going anywhere. He's scary. What do you mean? Brad asks, trembling all over. I just had an idea. A great idea. The man replies, I want you kids to stay and try out the rides before the grand opening tomorrow. Patty's eyes open wide. Cool, she says. Are you sure it's right with the owner, you ask? I'm Big Al, the manager. And what I say around here goes. Big Al digs around in his checkered jacket and pulls out three maps. He hands one to each of you. Study them carefully, he says. If you have any questions, ask them now. Your eyes fall upon the map. You have a question, but when you gaze up, Big Al is gone. He's vanished. A whole carnival to ourselves, Patty exclaims. Where should we start? You stare down at the map once again. You notice the carnival is split in half. On one side are the rides, tons of them. On the other side is the midway, packed with games of chance and the freak show. Katie, what will you try first? The rides or the midway with the games and freak show? I want to see the freak show. To check out the midway, page 77. Let's head for the midway and play some games, you say. You, Patty and Brad jog down a wide avenue. Tents of every colour line the street. Carnival music blares from speakers. You spot a green neon sign flashing above a yellow striped tent. The sign reads, Madame Zeno, fortune teller. Excellent. I'm going in. You tell your friends. You'll catch up with them in a minute. You lift the tent flap. Inside, one small candle flickers in the dark. You hear a low voice call out. Enter my chamber. This is Madame Zeno. 
sitting in the shadows. She wears her long red dress dotted with brightly coloured gems. They shimmer in the candlelight. Her black hair tumbles to her shoulders as she bends over a large crystal ball. Welcome, she whispers. Then she reaches out and gently lifts your hand. Let me tell you your future. Madame Zeno studies your hand closely. She traces the lines in your hand with her soft fingers. I see horror in your future. In your immediate future, she warns. What kind of horror, you stammer? What do you mean? Madame Zeno releases your hand. She picks up a strange deck of cards. She spreads them out on the table. You notice the cards have pictures. A headless man, a bloody sword, a large, evil eye. She gathers up the cards and flips the deck over. Then she deals out a red card and a blue card. Turn one over, she commands. Learn your fate. Katie, red card or blue card? Red. You reach out and slowly touch the red card. To your amazement, a 3D heart magically appears and rises from the flat surface, and it starts to beat. It must be some fancy optical illusion. You lean closer to figure out the trick. You screech and jerk back to avoid the warm red liquid that nearly squirts in your eye. Is it blood? Looks like blood. Can't happen. (laughs) Wow. Cool effect, you say. How do you do it? Turn over the card, Madame Zeno orders. Do it now. Madame Zeno really gets into act. Doesn't she know this is just a game, you think? But you do as you're told. Weird. Big deal. No pictures. No hidden fortunes. All you see are the numbers 1, 2, and 3 shimmering in gold script against a midnight background. What does it mean, you ask? You will know when your time is right. The fortune teller whispers. Her voice is so low you can barely hear her. It could save your life. What do you mean the magic number could save my life, you ask Madame Zeno. But the fortune doesn't, teller doesn't answer. She stares off into space. She seems to have fallen into a deep trance. You don't really believe her. These fortune tellers are all fake, but you memorize the number anyway. One, three, two. One, three, two. I picked red instead of blue. You chant to help yourself remember. One, three, two. I picked Two, eight, four. Mm. Your mother is a whore. (laughs) 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 Just help you remember. (laughs) Madame Zeno puts the card back in the deck. She closes her eyes and waves you away with her jeweled hand. You guess the fortune telling is over, so you leave the tent to search for Patty and Brad. You squint under the bright lights of the midway, scanning all the game booths, but you can't find them. You're trying to figure out which way to go when you spot Big Al coming towards you. He's not alone. He's leading a large group of people. As they come closer, you hear that they are chanting something. What is it? Play or pay. Play or pay. What does that mean? Let's turn to page 16 to find out. Hi, you say to Big Al. Who are all these people? He doesn't really answer your question. Welcome to Carnival of Horrors, he says. You must play or pay. We have many games on our midway. You must play too. He practically spits the word must out. If you succeed, you can win prizes. But if you lose, you pay with your life. Boy, he's really laying it on thick. You think. (laughs) So bad. But it's a pretty cool gimmick. Okay, I'll play a game. Then I've got to go home. No one goes home, Big Al says, until they play. You must play two games and survive. Okay, okay, you mutter to yourself. You glance around the midway at the two closest games. Guess your weight on Mars and the Wheel of Chance. 
You have to pick one to start or you'll never get out of here. Which one should we do first, Katie? Guess your weight on Mars or the Wheel of Chance. I'm going to go with the wheel. Mm -hmm. Let's go with the wheel. You wander over to the Wheel of Chance and notice two strange things. First, you read the sign in the booth. It says, Wheel of No Chance. Then you hear the Barker's voice calling, Step right up! But there's no one there. No one but a green and yellow parrot. Excuse me, you say, hoping someone will answer. Is this game open? No, I'm standing here by this wheel for my health, the parrot cracks. Now, do you want to spin or what? The parrot is obviously annoyed. Mammals, he mutters. Can't live with them, can't live without them. You steal a glance around. Maybe you should skip this game. But Big Al sneaks up behind you. <laughs> He'll do it. He'll do that. <laughs> He'll do it. Spin, he says. You must earn enough points to win. But how will I know if I have enough points? Spin! It's his final word. Okay. Now we've got a wheel here. Oh, okay. Hayes had a spin. Close your eyes, twirl your finger over the wheel on the page. Mm -hmm. Then let your finger land somewhere on the wheel. Look at the number you've landed on. Go to that page next. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. I'll just move this and you say stop. Oh, okay. Stop. That is a free spin. So we go to page 49. Ooh. Free spin. <clears throat> Lucky girl. Are you parrot? Yes. <laughs> the wheel stops on free spin. You're ready to try again, but the dumb parrot flies over and latches onto your shoulder. Ouch, that hurts, you cry. Free spin, free spin, you're going on a free spin. Turn me loose, you command. Odd expression for a... For a parrot? For a, that's the 12-year-old boy, that's the 12-year-old protagonist to say. Turn, turn me loose, you command. Wow. When you swivel your head to glare at the bird, a scream freezes in your throat. The parrot has ballooned into an enormous vulture. His black, beady eyes pierce right through you. He digs his razor-sharp claws deeper into your shoulder. Run, your every survival instinct shouts, but the bird of prey has other ideas. One of them is dinner, with you as the main course. <laughs> the big bird snatches you by the back of your shirt as if you were a ragdoll, kicking and screaming and using every defensive move you learned from karate class. Convenient. Okay. Mm. You struggle for... Not that convenient. How many times do you have to fight vultures? This is true. They, they wouldn't teach you to fight a vulture. All right. I know everyone wants to skip this class, but to <laughs> tell you, it's going to come handy. That one lesson that I skipped. <laughs> you struggle for your life. But it's no use. With a jerk, he lifts you off the ground and suddenly you have a frightening view of the carnival from 20 feet, 30 feet, 50 feet up. Thump, thump, thump. Your heart bangs loudly inside your chest. What kind of carnival is this, you wonder? Where a free spin is more like a death sentence. You circle a green clump of treetops. You're really dizzy now. You want to close your eyes, but you know it's not a good idea since you're flying 50 feet high without a plane or a parachute. As you circle closer to the treetops, you are met with a horrifying view. Five baby vultures in a nest. Five very hungry babies with mouths gaping wide open. The end is near. You are going to wind up as a take-home dinner. Unless you can somehow force the vulture to let you go. Frantically, you reach into your pockets. Katie, if you want a chocolate bar at a, one of the games of chance, you can go to page 76. But you didn't, did you? No. Which means you have to go to 115. There's nothing in your pocket but lint. Help! Save me! You cry. The vulture swoops down and drops you into the nest. 
The baby vultures approach, mouths open, ready to peck you to death. But good news. They don't eat you. You fall out of the nest instead. Please close the book fast or the next sound you hear will be your body hitting the ground with an awesome thud. Thud. Not fast enough. Okay, don't go to pieces. Pull yourself together and prepare to visit the Carnival of Horrors again the next time you're brave enough to open this book. Oh, I just died. That was it. That was your end. Because no, I was wanting to play my one, three, two. Yeah. So obviously, that I, was in a kids' book. Yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. So yes. So obviously, depending on the order you go, there are some different things that happen. So your yeah. what three, what one, one, three, three, one, three two, two. two. That would have come in handy if I think probably this, it was the spin that did us. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I didn't really have much uh, to say after the spin. Yeah, yeah, you're quite right. Your fate had been decided at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why they call it the Wheel of No Mm. Chance, I imagine. Uh, But did you have fun, Katie? I did. It was really fun. Yeah. It was actually really... I've never heard of Goosebumps story before. I guess these are probably a bit more sort of gimmicky than the main Mm. sort of... You know, the main ones are, are novels, they're... The follow a straightforward story but you know it's a lot of fun um you can imagine if you're a kid that maybe doesn't like reading that much this would be kind of a cool that idea that would be so fun like mm-hmm. to do with their parents yeah they sit and read yeah yeah day. and they end up falling out of a nest well yeah awesome that's time. true maybe not bedtime story i know but bedtime, like good bedtime story. weekend story in the day when the judge gives me back my kids i can't wait to go through it with them <laughs> isn't that what um made you lose uh no, it's because I, well, you know, Big Al. <laughs> uh, and with that, we are going to sign off. Uh, Liam and Katie, thank you so much for Thanks joining for us. us. Thank you for and, having uh, us. And do you want to take take us off with my uh, trademark catchphrase? Well, if you got goosebumps, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Gadsy on Goosebumps is a literature podcast, a co-production of Henderson Entertainment Network and Equinox Petrochemical Solutions. If you'd like to listen to more stirring podcasts or hear about how the petrochemical industry supports your local community, please visit Lartrature.com. That's Lartrature, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E.com.